0: As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Amma ba'd A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytana rajeem Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim Inna anzallahu fi leylati al-Qadr Wama adara kema leylati al-Qadr Leylati al-Qadr khayrun min alfi shahar نزل الملائكة توروح فيها بإذن ربهم من كل أمر سلامها حتى مطلع الفجر. ستق الله العظيم رب شرح لصدري ويسلِي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي. اللهم أنفعنا بما علمتنا ما ينفعنا وزدنا علما. الحمد We start with the praise and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we send the best of salutations upon his last and final prophet and messenger, Muhammad Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi And we send peace and blessings upon his family and companions and to all those who follow his footsteps till the end of times. And we ask Allah to include us amongst them. And we ask Allah to accept our ibadat that we have been doing in the month of Ramadan. Um, OK, so inshallah, I will try to make it as interactive as possible, which means um, i would need participation from from people so those of you who pray tarawih here which surah did you guys finish today okay so who can tell me where did you guys start from and where did you guys finish just for tonight yes okay okay so you started from ayah number 18 of surah t- are they right Hilma? Okay, mashallah. <laughs> you know, so th- this shows, they're not that crowd. Like, they come in the first few rakahs and the last few rakahs and skip in the middle. Okay, so starting from Surah Al-Ankabut. Okay, Surah Al-Ankabut, I want you guys to uh, take some verses from there and because that's the premise of our talk. Last 10 nights, right? We are transitioning into these last 10 nights. So what should we do? How should we do it? What's the importance of it? So let's go to Surah Al-Ankabut. At the beginning, Allah ta'ala says this, مَنْ كَانَ Allah, اللَّهِ فَإِنَّ أَجَلَ الله That if you're longing and yearning to meet Allah, and having this hope with Allah ta'ala, having this raja with Allah, then فَإِنَّ أَجَلَ اللَّهِ لأات. Allah has given you an appointed time, Allah has given a set time for you. وَهُوَ السميع الْعَلِيمِ And he hears everything and he knows everything. Then وَمَنْ جَاهَدَ فَإِنَّمَا يُجَاهِدُ لِنَفْسِهِ and whoever struggles and strives they do that for themselves لنافسه. because inallaha laghaniy anil allah is ghani meaning he is self sufficient he is not in need of that and he is not in need of anything in the world so the struggle and the striving is only for yourself now then there are three verses which are repeated throughout the different portions of the surah, which is verses that those who have Iman and do righteous deeds, we will erase their sayyat, and we will reward them with something which is better for what they have done, for their a'mal, for their deeds. Another words. Those who have Iman and those who have done righteous deeds, We will include them from amongst the righteous. And later on, That who has Iman and does righteous deeds, we will give them admittance and entrance into Ghurafa palaces and rooms in paradise. تحت الانهار فيها under which rivers would flow, and they will reside forever. نعمة أجر and this is the best reward for those who have been doing actions. okay. So, first part. Woman jahada فَإِنَّمَا يُجَاهِدُ الْنَفْسِ so it's the same. You know, like it's these are the root letters. It's the fa'il The word concept is jihad. What do we think of when we hear the word jihad? War, battles, right? 17th of Ramadan, which battle was fought? The Battle of Badr, right? Alhamdulillah. So Battle of Badr, Okay, let's just reference Battle of Badr for a minute. Allah mentions in Quran the Battle of Badr, um, the day was known as Yawmul Furqan. The day on which Battle of Badr was fought, it's known as Yawmul Furqan. One of the names for Quran is Furqan. تبارك الذي نزلل Furqana على عبدي. Allah says, شهر رمضان الذي أنزل فيه القرآن هد للناس وبينات من الهدا وال Furqan. So what does this word Furqan mean? And this word Furqan and Farqa would come later on in our talk as well. And remind me if I don't. So Furqan means a criterion, a distinction from which truth is separated from falsehood where haq is separated from batil so on the day which battle of badr was fought you know this was a distinction it was it was it was a statement on who's on truth and who's on falsehood allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave victory to the muslims right how many people fought the battle of badr 300 and some right 313 319 different numbers that have come so They were victorious over an army of 1,000 strong. And that's what Furqan is. Now, Qur'an is also known as Furqan because Qur'an is your guide. So I was told that the theme of these halaqas is related to Qur'an. So Qur'an is Furqan, meaning in Qur'an, you find the criteria to distinguish between right from wrong. Because everything that you find in Qur'an is guidance. And inshallah, later in, in, in our talk, we will go into More depth of what Quran actually is because this is the month of Quran. Now, going back to the concept of jihad, the first thing that comes to our minds is battles and fighting. But what's interesting is when was the command to go for Qital came? In Mecca or Medina? In Medina, right? All the battles were fought in Medina, not in Mecca. Surah Al Ankabut is it a makki surah or a madani surah It was revealed in Makkah. So what kind of struggle is Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala talking about there With the with the with the, the persecution, the struggle So this is the juhud, this is the jid That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about To struggle for his sake, right? Whatever that sake is And then this last verse of Surah Al-Ankabut is important So now first it was the verb Now it's the past tense Those who have struggled Those who have done this, this, this this effort, this striving, meaning they have done this, fīna for us, to us. All right, So usually the way ulama of tafsir mention is fī sabīlīna in our path. But here, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala totally removed the word fī sabīl. All right. It says fīna to me, to us, in us. All right. So this is where like Subhanallah, meaning that struggle and that striving is so pure that there is nothing in that intention except for seeking Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la. And that's why Allah says, whoever does that struggle for him, لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ We will guide them to the subulana many paths that will lead them to Allah. And Allah is always with, with the people of Ihsan. So the reason I wanted to give this preamble was we are heading into the last 10 nights of Ramadan. Now, after establishing the fact that this struggle and this striving, how important it is, and you know, mashallah, the need for, for doing this, let's part that thought for a minute. What happens? So keep this, keep this introduction in one part of your brain here secure, secured. This was talk related to jahud, struggle and striving. Now, what happens in Ramadan? When Ramadan starts, the masjids are full packed. But the middle of Ramadan comes, the masjids are dwindling. Is that true here as well? And then when the last 10 nights come, they're back up. Okay, so today is like the seven, what 18th night of Ramadan. So we're like, okay, there is still three, four days left. This is the last weekend. We can actually go have some iftarsh, some suhurs. MashaAllah, like, you know, um, there was some youth from Dar Noor. They wanted to go to this coffee place in Tyson's. I'm, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. It was a two-hour line, right, at 12 o'clock. MashaAllah. Least to say they didn't get the coffee. <laughs> but, you know, this is like, okay, there's all these extra things that are out there. Right? These are all these extra things that are out there. MashaAllah, like, you know, and again, there's nothing wrong with it. Don't, don't, you know, that's not my intention to say astaghfirullah, what they're doing is wrong, blah, blah, blah. Right? So, but what's the focus here? The focus is the hadith of an-Nabi wherein he mentioned an which means the person's nose be dusted or destroyed, or you know, they may, may they be humiliated. Why? First step, whoever hears the name of Muhammad and does not say, and response by Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and number two, the one who finds themselves in Ramadan is unable to attain forgiveness and third is, the one who sees their parents in old age and is unable to attain paradise, because these are three opportunities, if they're lost they're not coming back, right so for example, like every time you know the name of Muhammad is mentioned so Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam those who say Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam they will get their reward, but those who don't they will miss out. Is there any making that up? There's no making that up, right? So similarly, Ramadan, you know, you say, it comes every single year in life. But this Ramadan 20, 23, or 14, 44 is only once. So if that is wasted, that is not coming back again. So that's why, you know, this opportunity, which is lost, it is lost forever. And similarly, your parents will turn old once. They're not gonna, you will not have that opportunity to serve them in multiple occasions and multiple lifetimes. That's only once that you're, you have that ticket to paradise. So with every great opportunity comes great responsibility. So why is this hadith so like, you know, people say, well, there's other ways you can attain forgiveness too, right? So for example, someone says, Subhanallah, wa bihamdi 100 times, all their sins are forgiven, right? There's other ways where you can get connected more closely with the Prophet Sallallahu by following his sunnah. Right? There are other ways to attaining paradise as well. But these three opportunities are such immense opportunities that if they are not availed, then surely that is a loss. So it's not about, okay, I have option one, option two, option three. It's like these options are so magnificent that if they are not capitalized, only a fool would think, okay, let me let this go to waste and I will wait for the next one. And that's why, you know, like, sometimes, um, you know, some of the statements you find from the, from the sahaba, uh, they're amazing. They're, you know, because sometimes they become unrelatable as well. But Umar, he thought a person who does not recite the last two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah before going to sleep, he said there is something wrong with his intellect and aql. You're like, how on earth can you lose out on such magnificent reward? Right? So yes, this is an opportunity. Yes, there are other opportunities for forgiveness. There are opportunities as well that are presented to us. But you lose out on this, then really it is a loss. There is no making this up because it's an irreplaceable loss as indicated by the hadith of Prophet ﷺ. So what happens is Ramadan comes. In the beginning, people are motivated. Then the dip comes, and then later in the last part, again, people get motivated. But that's not the point of Ramadan. The point of Ramadan is like every single day, you should be increasing your in your ibadat. <coughs> Alhamdulillah, we are all sitting here, we have Iman, right? So Iman is directly related to your quality. Okay? Iman is related directly to your quality. The three verses I mentioned, Salihat, Amanu Salihat, الْجَنَّةِ غُرَفًا So you find this consistent, Iman and Iman is directly related to the quality of worship you will do. Amul is related to the quantity you will do. Okay? So Iman is related to the quality that you will do. So the more you work on your iman, the more you work on your iman, it's expected that the quality of your worship will increase. And the more you try to go and do amal as-salih, the qual- quantity of your worship will increase. And that's where the jihad comes in, and that's where the struggle comes in. Because nothing which is of value comes easy, and paradise is not cheap. Right? Think about this. Paradise is not cheap. So now, after hearing all this, so Ramadan every single day, you know, you should be doing more, not less. What happens when a person becomes stagnant? They lose out, right? So if like, for example, your yesterday and today are equal, you have had no growth, right? If, if our tomorrow and today is equal, really like we, we are plateauing, we are not moving upwards, we are just in a still line. And usually what happens is, with Ramadan, people start up here, and then dip and then go back maybe 75% of that. So what's your graph in Ramadan? So now that we are entering into these last 10 nights, striving and struggling, both with quantity and with quality. Prophet Muhammad has indicated by the hadith of Aisha radiAllahu anha that as soon as the last 10 nights would enter, what would he do? He would tighten his belt. Okay, figuratively, meaning to do exert extra effort. And literally it would mean he would abstain from having relations with his wives. Tied in his belt, stay up the night, and wake up his family. So this is where, you know, subhanallah, this point of raw struggle comes in. Standing in prayer is hard. It's not easy for hours and hours. Especially, you know, if our condition is that we are not understanding the Qur'an. We should be understanding the Qur'an. It's hard. It's not, it's not easy. It's hard. But the, then it begs the question, what do we do? Right? In a situation where we are finding it difficult. Again, this is where the struggle comes in. When you are finding it difficult, when you have no motivation, that's when the power of discipline comes in. That's where the struggle starts. You know, if you're motivated, mashallah, people can do a lot of things. But if you are unmotivated, what should you do in that instance? In that instance, you know, go through with it. You know, stick with that routine. You know, put yourself in these schedules and in in these structured environments that will help you. And this is where we need each other as well, right, to assist and to say, okay, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this. Because if we do not do this, if we do not take advantage of it, then again, it's a losing opportunity, right? Now, related to last night's Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi tied in his belt, stay up the night, and wake up his family. Another hadith, Prophet Sallallahu right? like, so you know this, man laylatul qadr, whoever stays up during the night of laylatul qadr, what happens? Gufra, with Iman, and ihtisaba Now again, think. Iman is related to what? Your quality of worship. Your quality of worship. احتسابة, expecting ajr. You want more اجر from Allah? What do you do? Increase the amount of good deeds that you want to do. ذنبي, right, all his, their previous sins are forgiven. And then, as far as last ten nights are concerned, تَحَرَّوْ Again, search for it. Meaning, it's not there. But you got to go after it. you got to chase after Lay- Laylatul Qadr. you got to go after Laylatul Qadr. So what are the virtues of last 10 nights as compared to other nights? First of all, Prophet ﷺ used to stay up the nights. So I think thought comes to our mind is, OK, I will work on the odd nights, even nights, no problem. OK? But that's against what Prophet ﷺ used to do, because he would stay up all night. He would stay up the last 10 nights. Another thing that Prophet ﷺ would do, since coming to Medina, every single repeated year, he would do i'tikaf. What does i'tikaf mean? Seclusions. The solitude with Allah. Because when we are in public, when we are making dua, let's say people see us, right? Can we really cry? I mean, we can, but like, it will be awkward, right? Like the people looking at us. Right? When we're in public, if we're trying to really talk with Allah, right? Have that connectivity with Allah. Yours like your mind is always, okay, this person's looking at me, that person went there. You know, like we are not focused, we're a little distracted, right? So mashallah, that person's bringing Starbucks, okay. And then in the middle of that, you're trying to have a conversation and do your du'as with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So one of his deeds was i'tikaf, last 10 nights. So these all together show you the value of last 10 nights, of how eagerly Prophet ﷺ would act in the last 10 nights. Not just odd nights, also even nights. So he said, Laylatul Qadr, right? Go after and search for Laylatul Qadr in the last 10 nights. So that's that's filter one. Out of all Ramadan, you get this season within season. Last 10 nights are where you're supposed to put that extra effort and push that. And again, building up to that matters. Building up to that matters. Just like before Ramadan, building up to Ramadan matters, right? Similarly, in the first 20 days, building up to last 10 nights also matters. So if you're not it, having that build up, all of a sudden we are, not, we are not robots, we are not machines, right? It takes a while. You, you honestly think that a person, they start making dua after a while of disconnectivity with Allah, all of a sudden they will start crying, they will have that connection. It's not possible. right? That's a slow build-up where you're increasing your iman day by day because that's your quality. And when that quality increases, naturally you will also work on that quantity as well. So Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam highlighting the importance of last nine night's tikaf, and then staying up the nights, not sleeping. So staying up the nights meaning what would we do? What would he be doing in that night? Praying. Right? So you have the ahadith where he led the prophet, he led the sahaba in Salatul Layl for how many nights? Two or three? Right? And he did not come on the last night. Why? Because he was afraid that it would have become a Faridah and people would not be able to honor and oblige by it. So the Sahaba were saying that on that night he did not come out. They kept waiting for him the entire night. The entire night. And the nights he was they, he, Prophet led the Sahaba in prayer. Was it like hour, tarawih, an hour and a half? It was not like that. It was a long stretch of period. So this is where the Jid and that jehud comes in. That okay, I'm or sorry, jad and jehud. That okay, I'm standing. My legs are aching, persevering through that pain. Right. So it's so like okay, if you are having that pain, you will not be able to concentrate. But this is where the stamina needs to come in. Like if that stamina is not built up, yes, you know you are not focused in that in that worship. So when, how can you increase your 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 ibadat, your your action items? That's a slow process. That's like, this is why these 20 days matter. These why, that's why even nights also matter. Even nights matter. So you're looking out for Laylatul Qadr. That means search, taharraw, search, go look out for Laylatul Qadr. Now, another hadith that we find related to Laylatul Qadr is Prophet Sallallahu he was given... the knowledge of exactly when that night was. So what makes last ten nights special? It's Laylatul Qadr. Okay? It's Laylatul Qadr which makes last ten nights special. And that was the whole struggle of Prophet in the last nine nights to look for Laylatul Qadr. He was given the exact knowledge of when Laylatul Qadr was. And he came out to inform the Sahaba And what happened? He saw two people arguing. And that knowledge was taken away. <laughs> Perhaps this is better for you. And then he said Look for it on the 29th, on the 27th, and the 25th. Okay. When you are talking about Laylatul Qadr, That Prophet came to tell us and it was taken away. Do you think that it's a rahmah that's a mercy or that's a loss? Why? Because if had we not known about exactly when Laylatul Qadr was and still if someone didn't do their effort to avail it, think about how much loss that would have been. So now this is kept as an open Within, hidden in the last ten nights Specifically in the odd nights More specifically in the last three odd nights Again, you know We'll go into some of the opinions of when Laylatul Qadr is So it's, it's hidden, it's obscured So that we put in that effort Perhaps it's better for you In two ways Either one is You struggle more You strive more Right? Not just only on one night On multiple nights And inshallah that adds to your reward And number two is let's say in case someone is unable to worship on the 25th night but they do it on the 27th night and 25th night was Laylatul Qadr at least you know subhanallah that guilt and that remorse is not there so Allah kept from his mercy this thing wide open so this is where we get into okay what are when do we find Laylatul Qadr so 21st, 23rd, 25th 27th or 29th Um, you have by the way, when do, you, when do you think most people think it is? 27th. That's the opinion of Ubayr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Right? He said, I know exactly when it is, and it is on the 27th night, and it's a sahih narration from Ubay radiallahu ta'ala anhu. But then, again, that's the ijtihad of ishabi. However, Prophet kept it open. And then he specifically said in the last three nights, and then he specifically, once he also mentioned, there is a riwayah related to Laylatul Qadr being on the 23rd night of Ramadan. And that's reported by Abdullah, Abdullah ibn Unais ta'ala anhu, that it was on the 23rd night of Ramadan when it rained a little and the signs were visible. From this, there's a plethora of opinions that ulama have written, right? Because taking all the narrations into account, everything into account, they said the most possibility of it is it rotates around the year. Some years it's 21st, some years it's 23rd, some years it's 25th, some it's 27th, some it's 29th. Okay? And then they said, another, like, Sheikh al-Islam bin Mutaimi also wrote on this, if Laylatul Qadr follows an alliance with the night of Jumu'ah, then it's highly likely. So will we have that this year? Yep, night which is Thursday night, right? When do last night's start? by the way? Tuesday night, right? So Tuesday night is 21st. Those of you who are doing it when should you be in the masjid? Before the maghrib of 21st. So this is where we're talking about the sunnah atikaaf, which is for 10, last 10 full days. Because our Islamic calendar starts not from Fajr, it starts from... Maghrib, right? So you want to be in the masjid, wherever you want to get So that's... But like, as far as general i'tikaf is concerned, you could spend whatever time you have. Like, every day, you can come to the masjid with the intention (laughs) of i'tikaf. And technically, you know, uh, from a fiqh perspective, uh, you know, ulama have written that minimum i'tikaf is supposed to be one day and one night, 24 hours. So you could do that on the 27th night or the 29th night or do it for three days or five days, depending on the schedules. Again all that is, so you can have the prime opportunity to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, so you have these multiple opinions. When is Laylatul Qadr? Wallahu A'lam. Okay, Wallahu A'lam. Now, what the responsibility that has been given to us is, go search out for Laylatul Qadr, look for Laylatul Qadr, uh, try to find Laylatul Qadr, most importantly, in odd nights, but as far as the Sunnah Prophet is concerned, he did it extra effort in the even nights as well, right? He's doing air It's not like pick and choose. Okay, on certain nights, I will, be, I will do more. On certain nights, I will do less. No, keep on increasing the quality and quantity, not just for a short term, but, of, but looking at, 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 at a method of where you can sustain yourself. Now, again, going back to the topic of struggle. Okay, what do you do when you're feeling unmotivated. Okay, everyone's worshipping, I'm not trying, I'm I'm I feel like I'm I'm left behind. In that instance, let that raw effort and exertion take over. You know what happens when you persevere through that struggle? And this is what I actually recommended for people who are struggling with the Qur'an. Right? People who are struggling with the Quran, like you know, it's really hard to read one juz a day. It's really hard to read half a juz a day. Really hard to read few pages a day, right? We try to read, then we leave. Then we go to the meaning. We read, we leave. Inconsistent schedule. Okay, there are other factors to factors to it, right? In this in this problem, like for example, you know it could be the lack of effort throughout the year. But in that this situation, in this particular situation, stick with it. So like, let's say Quran for example, right? Stick to that recitation of the Quran. And let the miracle of Qur'an do its work. Okay? So let the miracle of Qur'an. What's the miracle of Qur'an? It will seep a hole in your heart. It will get to your heart. Right? Alhamdulillah. As long as you have some iman. You have some iman. Your heart is not like a rock. Okay? There may be. It may be covered with the layers of sin. But what did Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said? What would remove that layer of layers of sins? Qira'atul Qur'an. Right, either the talk of death or the recitation of Quran is something that will remove that layers of sin so in that situation where you're struggling Quran is one example you know you're like really having a hard time keep persistent with it that is your struggle that is your struggle keep struggling with it keep on that track with the hope that Quran eventually would pierce through your heart and it will hit you Right, trust that process and the, that miraculous nature of um, what what has been revealed by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Same thing. You're struggling with prayer, keep praying more. Um. Mashallah, like you know, I don't see a lot of so. Not to talk smack about any other masajids right? Masha Allah, <laughs> Dar Nur. When we are, we finished twenty rakats, you turn around. Majority of the people are older, not younger, right Ihsan? Okay, Okay. majority of the people are older, not younger. But here I see majority of the people are younger, sitting in this halaqah. Now think about this, who has more physical capacity? Older folks or younger folks? Regardless of the ikhtilaf of eight versus 20, right? Regardless of that ikhtilaf, regardless of that difference of opinion of 8 versus 20, who do you think should be praying more? Should, should people who are in their 50s and 60s outperforming in the quantity of worship than those who are 18, 19, 20, 21, 22? Should they be? But isn't that the case though? That is the case, right? So mashallah, like, Like young adults, young teenagers, adolescents, they will be involved in all sort of athletic, mashallah, they could go spend hours in gym. But why can't they translate that strength into physical worship? Whereas in physical worship, people who are 50, 60 year olds, they are outperforming them. Think about this. You know, I feel sometimes ashamed. Like there's this guy, 80-year uncle standing beside me praying all twenty, and I'm like trying to Oh my god, feet hurts. Right? So this is where the struggle comes in. MashaAllah, you guys have been you guys are young right now, and that's why the hadith of Prophet is important. Right? Take care of your youth before old age comes. Because the energy that you have in youth, the quality and the physical exertion that you can do in your youth related to related to, to ibadah is unlike old age it's unlike old age All right, so now we go on to the thing what is laylatul qadr Hmm. night of decree okay now there is an within the ulama like, why is Laylatul Qadr so special? Hmm? Okay, it's khayrun min al-fishar. is better than a thousand months. But what makes it so special that it is better than a thousand months? Mashallah, Quran is revealed on Laylatul Qadr. Now, I want you guys to reflect on this. I'm, non, I'm not going to give you an answer because this is a very technical point. Did Laylatul Qadr become special because Quran was revealed? Or was that it was a special night, and that's why Allah chose Quran to be revealed in this night? No, special because Quran? Special? That's your fatwa? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's just okay. So yes, yeah, so when you are, like, talking about this, yes, that's the majority opinion. It became special because Quran was revealed in it. Just like Makkah was special because Prophet was born and Quran was revealed in Mecca, right? Mecca Medina, right? Um, that's why Ahlul Qur'an, they give a higher rank because they are people of Quran. Quran makes things special. Right? Not the other era. Yes. So if, if the Quran was revealed on Laylatul qadr yeah. then why is there okay. the opinion that Laylatul Qadr is changing every single night? Changing every single night. MashaAllah. Okay. Great question. Park that for a minute. Let's go back. If Laylatul Qadr is changing every single night, on that specific time when Quran is revealed, that was revealed on Laylatul Qadr. Whether that was 21st, 23rd, 27th, that's irrelevant. So don't stick with the number. Stick with Laylatul Qadr. Okay? So let's say same thing. When does Eid fall? How about the Gregorian date? April 20th, okay, mashallah. You guys go by calculations? (laughs) Okay, mashallah. April 20th, which year did it fall last year? Nope, May May 1st, right? Or around that time, right? The year before, right? So Eid is Eid, right? Ramadan's Ramadan, just like Ramadan and with the Gregorian calendar, it could move around. Same thing with Laylatul Qadr, it could move around. The Quran was or Laylatul Qadr has been made special because on that specific night the Quran was revealed. So this Laylatul Qadr, so that's just one opinion, right? Again, we are not saying that as a definitive fact that Laylatul Qadr moves around. alam, it could be on the twenty seventh night. You know how like some scholars say, it, like fi Laylatul Qadr ma Laylatul Qadr, Laylatul Qadri. How many times Laylatul Qadr is repeated? Three times. And you add all the letters, it equates to twenty seven. Again. These are just opinions. Because there's a, there's a lot of opinions related to Laylatul Qadr. That's just one of them. Okay, So, important thing is, what we know for a fact, Quran was revealed on Laylatul Qadr. Quran is something that makes things special. right? Make, it makes things virtuous. It elevates. Allah There's a hadith of Prophet ﷺ, that Allah will raise people through Quran. Now, you go in Surah Al-Qadr. You go in Surah Al-Qadr. What's the verse? Indeed, we revealed it on Laylat What is that it? Quran. You see how Allah never even used the word Quran? Why? Because it's understood. That's where like the beauty of Quran, like every letter of Quran, like it's there for a reason. And that's what makes Islam the most correct religion because of quran because you cannot argue against the quran like it's a challenge that allah has put till the end of times come on argue against the quran inna anzalnahu we have revealed it on laylatul qadr so that it that who is so known that there's no other opinion you will find in that tafsir or in any of the meanings that everyone's saying that means quran right it's like understood وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ ma لَيْلَةُ Qadr. Do you have any idrak, any clue of what Laylatul Qadr is? So when Allah used the word adraka versus yudriqa, after Adraka, there is an answer coming. After Yudrika, there is no answer coming. So then he says, لَيْلَةُ الْقَدْرِ Khirun min أَلْفِ شَهْرِ it's better than a thousand months. It is better than a thousand months. That's what Laylatul Qadr is. Now Khayrum min أَلْفِ شَهْرِ means better than a thousand months, not a thousand months. Alf shahar, is it because Thousand months is specific, or is that just an exaggerated number? Yeah, both opinions. Fixed or exaggerated number. Right? Just like, you know, Prophet used to seek forgiveness how many times a day? A hundred times. Again, is it only limited to a hundred? You know, you read in the explanations, exaggerated. Sometimes numbers are used to exaggerate. But even if we say, like, if it's not an exaggerated number, a thousand months still. It's so valuable, right? You know, today you probably read uh, in uh, Surah in Surah um, A day equivalent to a thousand days, and alf is a is is a number to show a great importance of. Of a value of something, so خير من ألف الشهر, What happens on the they الملائكة والروح فيها بإذن ربهم من كل أمر. That on that day, malaika are descendant, right? They are. They come down, and الرُوح جبريل عليه السلام, comes comes down to the earth فيها من كل, بإذن ربهم من كل أمر with the permission of Allah سبحانه وتعالى with his command. سلام حتى ما طلع الفجر. Peace. Until, حتى, مطلع الفجر, until the dawn of Fajr. Now, what's the timeline when we say حتى مطلع الفجر versus حتى مطلع الفجر? Which one is correct? مطلع الفجر or مطلع الفجر? Hmm? Which one? مطلع الفجر or مطلع ال? al? <laughs> كسر. right? Okay, so you see, this is how beautiful Quran is. If we were to say, Hatta matla al-fajr," that means, including Fajr. Hatta matla al-fajr, that means, till Fajr. All right, so that's why don't ever misplace the harakat of Quran. Give its due right. Going back to the topic of Quran being revealed on, Lay- on Laylatul Qadr. Now, let's take this in a different way. What's the surah before Laylatul Qadr? What's the surah after Laylatul Qadr? Bayna. Okay. So let's talk about what is surah al-alak. Iqra' bismi rabbika al-ladhi khalaq khalaq al-insana min alaq. Iqra' wa rabbukal akram al-ladhi bil-qalam al al-insana ma lam ya'lam. What was this? The first revelation, right? Upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What's after in Surah Bayyinah? لم يكن الذين كفروا من أهل الكتاب والمشذقين منفكيين حتى تأتيهم ال Bayina. What does What is the translation of Bayina? Proof. Okay, proof. Think about this. Surah Al-Alaq. How did the revelation start? Surah Al-Qadr. When did the revelation start? Surah Al-Bayyinah is the revelation? All right, Bayyinah Lam yakin alladhin kafirun min ahli kitabi wal mashirun min ahli kitabi hatta ta'atiyahum albayyinah Rasool min Allahi yatlu suhufam mutahara fiha kutubun qayyimah Read the translation. So this is the beauty of Quran. Another thing that you find within Surah Al-Qadr Inna anzalnahu. So this could be your next question too. Inshallah, we're just going to finish after this point and we'll open up for question and answers. Inna anzalnahu fi Laylatul Qadr. Okay? We revealed the Quran, we revealed it on Laylatul Qadr. The word anzala is used for Quran, the word nazala is also used for Quran. Both of them in English are translated into revelation, revealed. What's the difference? Anyone? No, you want me to repeat the question? Okay. Question is the word anzala like it's used in, Laylatul, in Surah al-Qadr inna anzalnahu anzala right? Is used for the revelation of Quran. The word nazala nazala bihir ruhul amin ala qalbika litakuna minal munthirin is also used for the revelation of Quran. What is the difference here? Is Anzala, for Allah and for Anzala is for? Allah, okay. And is for something, else. something else? No, Quran is revealed by who? Allah? Right, both are revealed by Allah. So like for example, another verse I will tell you, perhaps this this can give you guys a hint. Alif la mim, Allah la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyul qayyum, surah al-imran, Nazzala alaykal kitaba kitab bilhaqq lima baina yadayhi, وأنزل التوراة والإنجيل نزل عليك الكتاب وأنزل التوراة والإنجيل You're close, say again Revealed Revealed something that's, like Reveal? that's, revealed as something that's coming. coming So he's very very close, yes Essentially Qur'an is different than the other books because <coughs> was Qur'an revealed to the Prophet at once? No. Right? It was not revealed. How long did it take for it to be revealed? 23 years. 23 years. However, there was two process of the revelation of Qur'an. One was from lawmahfuzh, from the preserved tablet, to the sama'ad-dunya, to the heavens of this world. That was revealed at one instance which was laylatul qadr okay nazala is the process of its revelation from the sama dunya through jibril as-Salam upon the muhammad upon muhammad salam, and that iqra also started on laylatul qadr that also started on laylatul qadr okay so it was revealed all at once on laylatul qadr it was revealed in the process of 23 years, starting from Laylatul Qadr as well. So, other books, other than Quran, they were revealed to the prophets at once. injil So, أنزَلَ التَّورَاتَ injil indicates they were not panned out for 20 years or so many years. They were given to the prophets all at once. But Quran is special. Quran was 23 years in its revelation. Now last thing, what does the word Qadr mean? Decree. All right, good. The word Qadr means decree. The word Qadr also means power. The word Qadr also means might. The word Qadr also means restriction. The word Qadr also means destiny. How do you reconcile all this into Laylatul Qadr? So, it's a night of power. Immense power, right? Allah is forgiving everyone. It's the night of decree. This is fiha yufraqu kullu amrin hakim. Remember, I said the word farqan? What does the word for means? A criteria, right? So, this again, word farqa means it's been revealed. Every distinct matter is decided on Laylatul Qadr. Every matter which is of importance is decided and given to the angels to be carried out in the Night of Qadr, and that's why it's destiny and decree as well. Qadr means restriction, right? For example, Allah says, Allah gives risk to whoever He wills and constricts it, meaning restricts it. Right? Like risk, risk becoming little. So, why is, the night, is it called the night of restriction? Anyone? Hmm? No, it's like it's a very like real it's it means to narrow out. It means to become constricted, there's no more room. Hint. Good. Because there are so many angels in the world, there's no space for them. That's why the, the earth becomes restricted and constricted for the angels. Because of the amount of angels that descend specially, specifically on the night of Laylul Qadr. And why is Jibreel alayhi salam? Because what is Jibreel alayhi salam responsible for? He was responsible to reveal the message from Allah to the Prophets. But him coming specifically and specially on Laylatul Qadr adds to the importance of how magnificent and important this night is. So going back to the topic. So again, you know when you if you want to talk about Laylatul Qadr, it could go on for m- much more. Okay, we are approaching the last ten nights. I said there's two things Amanuamil Salihat. Amanu, quality of your worship. Work on your iman. Quality, quantity of your worship. amalus-salih, Do multiple good deeds. Right. That includes prayer. That includes Quran. That includes charity. That includes, you know, looking up. You don't know, say like, oh my God, there's so much to do. Well, you are young. That's where the struggle comes in. Right. This is where all the pressure needs to be absorbed and to strive and struggle to do as much as possible. Okay. So. Alhamdulillah, as we go into these last 10 nights, build up that momentum, right, that momentum, you know, subhanallah, Imam Shafi'i, you used to recite Quran in Ramadan, yes, no, all you guys heard of that, some of you, okay, I'm not even going to mention through a number because it will confuse some people, so how do you think he built up that stamina? It does not happen like right away, like, like you start reciting the Quran, it does not all of a sudden happen, right? You want to have a habit of tahajjud throughout the year, it does not happen. It, it has to be a built up, and that built up requires some sacrifice, right? If that sacrifice is not there, remember paradise is not cheap, paradise will not come just by we wishing for it. You know what happens when we wish for something and we do not follow it by action? That is known as Amani, right? Amani is like, okay, wishful thinking. I want paradise, but I'm not willing to do anything for it. So you want, you want something specific, you want something special in Ramadan from Allah, work hard towards it, and that does require exerting that effort, right? SubhanAllah, you know, mashallah, where's Ustaan um, Sheikh Jamal? He was saying, you came after all this at midnight. I was like, yeah, this is the month of Ramadan, right? Like, yeah, it is hard, it is difficult, but we are here to do the difficult thing. Why are we doing all this struggle for? to earn Allah's pleasure. Okay. So may Allah subhanahu wa taala enable us to do good deeds. So inshallah, if there are any questions and answers, let's take it. I'm sorry, because I've taken way too long. And I'm not sure you guys are bored right now. Yes. What are some of the, signs of the... the sign that actually has come in the hadith is the sign related to sunrise the next morning. Okay, how has the sun risen the morning after? Without a realist, right? There's no rays to it, meaning it just comes up, right? And that actually can be witnessed on, like, right when the sunrise is happening, right? Because after that, it spreads out, right? The rays of the sun, it do spread out, but, like, once you see that red, just where you can look at the sun, it's fully red, and there's no, like, you know, rays which are emanating from the sun, that's the biggest sign. Another sign some of the ulama have mentioned is, like, the night is peaceful in a sense that it's very calm. Um, also the hadith where Aisha radiyallahu anha. She said, Oh Prophet of Allah, if I happen to find Laylatul Qadr, what should I do? What's the answer? You guys should know this. All of you know it, right? Allah? So that hadith is also an indication that there is a possibility of a person finding out it is Laylatul Qadr. Right? Like, oh Allah, oh Prophet. if I happen to find Laylatul Qadr. So there are these signs, the night is calm. Others have said there are so many stars which are visible. Again, as far as the hadith is concerned, it is the sun coming out. And the other hadith, which is related to the 23rd night of Ramadan, it mentions that it rained a little. That was a sign of blessing and... You know, when it rained a little, that's when we, we when we knew it was Laylatul Qadr in the time of Prophet Wallahu alam. So, and wallahu alam, there, there could be other signs which I'm pro- probably forgetting right now. Um, but you know what's interesting, right? <laughs> Let's say you look at the sunrise, right? The night is already gone, right? <laughs> so yeah, yes. Okay. So the first question is um, mentioned that so Jibril and all the angels are coming down. Are there any narrations that mention like what they do when they descend? Allahumma alayhim. So, the, it, So th- what we know is like they're given the commands from Allah to carry out the decree. That's one. Number two is, they come. And again, I could reference this to out of Siri book, but well. Um, it is mentioned in the some of the tafsir tf- that they come and pray for the people inhabitants of the people who are living in the world in the in, in the world who are engaged in ibadah But Wallahu Alam I gotta double check this. Okay. Second question? And the second question was uh, mentioned that the important matters are decreed mm-hmm. night. Are there any like mentions of what type of important matters? So that's actually in Surah um Ad Du Khan. Ha'amin Walkita mumin. إنا أنزلناه في ليلة مباركة So again, the word is just إنا We have revealed it. Again, what is that it? Quran. في ليلة On a blessed night. منذرين. فيها يفرق كل أمر حكيم. min من inna kunna So feeha, In it, in that night, Every distinct matter is decided and is given out, which is of importance. What are they? Who's going to pass away next year? Right? How much risk are they going to get next year? Who's going to be born next year? You know, Things of that nature. You know, uh, There is a narration. And I cannot recall the narration where it's mentioned. But there is a narration which does mention uh, about those matters. Wallahu alam. Yes? OK. Okay, the question is for the sisters, what do they do if they're on their monthly cycle? Uh, if that happens to come coincide in the last ten nights of Ramadan? Okay, so easy. There's only two things they can do. And that is fasting and prayer. They can do everything else. That, what does that mean? That means du'a, that means dhikr? And that means, like, talking to Allah. That means seclusion and i'tikaf as well. Okay? So that can happen. So, but the deeper question sometimes like, that gets is, like, okay, everyone's in... So, when everyone is in a, in a unified way, it's easy to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? But when you are, like, okay, by yourself, this is where, you know, I feel like, take some time out. You know, mashallah, like, every place, you, every masjid you will go to will have, like, some sort of program during the last 10 nights. They will have some sort of a program in the last 10 nights, right? Perhaps every single night during the last 10 nights. But at least take one night out, right? Pray Isha in Jama'ah, pray Tarabi in Jama'ah, pray Fajr in Jama'ah. But that night, spend it alone. Don't hang out with friends, right? Don't go like, you know, like to the masjid. Do everything yourself. That experience will be totally different. You know what? Actually, by the way, you know why all these programs are there in the last 10 nights? Because people have a hard time worshiping alone. Because the preferred method related to optional prayer is alone self worship. Right? Meaning, not, sorry, not self, worshiping alone, not in a congregation. Not in a congregation. It's worshiping alone. So people say, okay, I don't know much Quran. I cannot stand like by myself like i'd get distracted understandable people so so these are just to assist and help people but ultimately you know do not think those who are not coming to the masjid in last ten nights in gatherings like this you know like what's better what's not better right so if this works for you well and good if this does not work for you or like if you can actually manage to be alone because what happens when you're alone and doing that worship at least there's no riya and you know, subhanallah like r- what is riya it's show off right like you we are so susceptible to this especially in this day and age of social media right like going to qiyam 2am instagram story like who needs to know that isn't that supposed to be between you and allah Right, So like when you're doing this alone, Alhamdulillah, at least you are safe from her. Second, more you're more focused on this. So as for sisters are concerned, you know, yes, you cannot pray, you cannot um, fast, but that element of religiosity and spirituality is much more than that. Laylatul Qadr, Ramadan itself is much more than that. You can engage in dua, you can engage in talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why, like, think about this. مخل right? The, the essence of ibadah is dua. And then if you stay up that night, during that whole entire night, remember, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has ordered you not to do this. Okay? So just like, you know, prayer is an order from Allah, for them, not praying in those days is also an order from Allah. So they are actually worshipping Allah by following His commands. wallahu a'lam Meaning you are in your sujood or, or during recitation? During recitation. Okay. So, great question. You don't understand Arabic? You're trying to pray tahajjud? You're standing behind someone in tahajjud and qiyam? What do you do? Pick up a few words. All you guys know what jannah means? All you guys know what nahr means? All you guys know what yawm qiyamah is? Right? All you guys know the names of Allah? وَفُورُ Rahim, Azizun, Hakim. How many times are they repeated in Qur'an? Yeah, so like every page, every almost second, third ayah, you have some words that you can actually focus your attention on. So what happens when you are talking, when when Jannah is mentioned? You should hope for it. Naar is mentioned, Adab is mentioned. Fear it. So, you know, cheat sheet. Print out a list of 10 to 20 words. And that's your, you know, like most common words used in Qur'an. And at least that way, you know, every time you hear it in someone's recitation or you're doing it, you know some context of what's being spoken and talked about. Make any du'a you want. So there's just this fiqh ikhtilaf. Some people say you cannot make du'a other than Arabic. <laughs> even in that case, and even if, you know, let's say, the yes, and that is the safer opinion, like, if, if you're following that opinion, right, you shouldn't make dua but when you are in sujood that's only if you pronounce it in your on your tongue you can think right like when you're in sujood and you say subhan rabbiyal a'la subhan rabbiyal a'la subhan rabbiyal a'la wa bihamdi subhana al a'la al ali al wahhab all these actually are duas which have come in you know in the hadith. so when you're making that think oh allah i'm asking for forgiveness you don't even have to put it on your tongue you can bring it in your mind and in your heart, and Allah knows that. Yes? Nazala and Nazala. So Nazala is more on, on the term of mubalagha, meaning um, it it is to further emphasize of how m- majorly and meticulously it was revealed. Nazala is, so, you know, qatala and qatala. It's the same thing, like, so, like, Qatala means he killed. Qatala means he butchered. <coughs> are you, are you, can you use Quranic verses or for du'as in sujood? Yes, of course. So like any du'as which have come from Quran, Hadith, especially in Arabic, you can make all of them in your sujood. Any du'as in Arabic, especially, you can make all of them in your sujood. No problems. There's no ikhtilaf on that whatsoever. Okay, so this is something which has recently come up. Um, remember with nafil, because remember Qiyam, Tarawi, all that falls into optional worship, right? So optional worship versus obligatory worship. Obligatory worship has specific rules. Like you should, with optional worship, there is some leeway. However, this phenomena of people standing with translations of it opened and other languages being opened, this Wallahu alam, like, I asked my teacher uh, in Medina, they regarded that this as a bid'ah. Wallahu alam. So, like, because it, w- it was not proven or no no one practiced it from the earlier times. Like, even when, when Islam went to the foreign lands where they, they did not speak Arabic, no one held that opinion. No, that's for translation. What about, like, having open? Muslim- okay, having Muslim open, again, this is... Um, was a concession given to those who were leading. So like Imam Shafi'i and Imam Ahmed are of the opinion that someone's leading, they want to open up the mushaf, right? Especially if they do not know it, there is OK given. it. Again, it's a deeper issue, but like that's, as far as someone's following behind with it, unless there's a valid reason, meaning like they want they need to correct the imam and there's no one to correct it, it's permissible fine. Other than that, majority of the, at least the ulama in Medina they were not in favor of it. Again, as I said, I don't wanna put a hukam on it because it's optional worship. Alright, but that is still better than opening up a translation behind the imam. Uh, a One of them? Du'a's of Qur'an and Ruku, especially for Nefels, yes, that's that would be by extension. If it's okay in do it should be okay in rukuwa as well. So any questions from her? So there's a s- questions from the sisters? Yeah, the question is um, if you make dua to change your qadr. Yeah. Is it already pre-written? So the question is if you make dua to change qadr, is that already pre-written? So remember the topic of qadr is something that you, we cannot go into today. Topic of Qadr, Qadr is, when you're talking about Qadr, that's the destiny, one of the arkan of Iman. Strongly suggest you guys do a halaqa, a workshop, an extended thing to understand this topic from A to Z. What happens is when you hear bits and pieces, that's what really confuses. So Qadr is a complicated topic where, you know, people have gone either into this limit or that limit, Qadariya and Jabariya. There were two groups in our Islamic history. So. As far as dua changing your Qadr is concerned, that hadith is there, right? Where a person's appointed time was there, and they made dua, and that time was extended, right? Just like, so when you take all of that in context, all the verses and all the hadith which mentions related to appointed time Qadr, and what's written for you, and how that can be changed. So for example, a person's risk could be increased if they maintain salat if they are good with their relatives, if, if they maintain those ties, right? That's from the hadith. So, what type of qadr is that? Is that the qadr which is mutlaq, or is that the qadr which is basically, uh, which is susceptible to change? And because all of that lies with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Again, it's a very complicated issue, and it's a very fine issue. It's a very fine issue. So, um, yes. Make dua for your risk. Make dua for your thing. Leave the matters which are with Allah to Allah. Because who will change the qadr? Allah, right? You're not doing it anyway. So you're just making dua. Oh Allah, give me a long life which I can spend for your sake. Oh Allah, give me a, lo- a lot of risk which I can spend in charity. So Allah can do it, right? So leave that up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yes. it's like you cannot de-link one with the other right so of course like if if there's just quantity and there's no quality what happens it's not of much use if there's a lot of quality but there's no quantity Again, that's restricting you. So you need to define a fine balance with it, right? So, like, as far as good deeds are concerned, you know, that's, that was just one of way of explaining it. People do a lot of good deeds. But if iman is not there, those good deeds are zero. All right? If those good deeds are not in accordance with sunnah, they are zero. All right? So you do need iman, and you do need good deeds. Iman cannot happen stand-alone as well. If you have Iman, you will have good deeds. Because your good deeds are a testimony of your Iman. So that's why every time you see in Quran, they're all saying, إِلَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا عَمِلُوا الصَّالِحِ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا عَمِلُوا Repeat it many times in Quran. Um, what's the best way to make that? Because I've heard some people say that it's better to start off by uh, mentioning God and uh, Allah and several of his names or mentioning the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. So sorry. Okay, great question. Um, How do you make dua? Uh, You know, subhanAllah, uh, so Mashallah. like most majority of the youth here, uh, I'm assuming you guys are in more college and older, right? Majority of the youth I've been working with in Dara Noor are in high school. So one day I put them up there. I was like, come stand here and praise God, all right? They was like, ah. right so what as far as dua is concerned start with the praise of God so how do you praise God okay first of all what's the language of dua you should be making Arabic Arabic? whatever whatever. Whatever, like yes Arabic is good so you know I'm doing this dua series and I get this question asked every single day you know, we're you're, you're learning all these duas from the Sunnah and from the Quran, which are in Arabic. They're good. As long as you know the meanings of it. Yeah, because they are directly revealed in the language Allah chose. They're words spoken directly by the Prophet But if you're making those duas on, as a robot, automated duas, and not knowing the meaning, then, really, dua is all about connectivity. Because dua's become unanswered because there's no connectivity. The most important thing about dua is connection with Allah. That connection cannot happen without if there's a language barrier. So, when it comes to dua, do it in a language that you are comfortable with. Alhamdulillah, there's nothing wrong with doing a dua in English. By the way, um, even sometimes, you know, when, when we make dua's as a congregation, sometimes together, you know, like people do it majority of time in Arabic. But do it in a language that you understand and everyone understands. So du'a is your personal thing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there are etiquettes of dua which is to raise your hands, start with the praise of Allah, send blessings upon the Prophet. Now that can be done in English. How can that be done in English? Oh Allah, you are the most mighty, all praise is due to you. Praise which is pure, praise which is endless, praise which is befitting of you. Praise the which you like, so like like improvise. You know, you guys, mashallah, are creative writers. Right? You can write up content. You write essays for college. Praise Allah in the best of words that Allah has given you ability to do. This is an ability. You do not need to be a scholar to do this, right? You do not need to have studied for something. You, as an average person, should have that ability to communicate with Allah wa ta'ala in a language that He has given you. So start off with the praise. Send blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu which is, oh Allah, send blessings and peace and salutations and benedictions upon the Prophet Sallallahu Or you could say, Allah Sallallahu and then go into whatever you need. These are the etiquettes. But again, it can be done in any language. You can use the names of Allah. You can use the praise of Allah. You can glorify Allah. It's all open. Okay. How do you attain forgiveness from Allah if you have done something which is between you and someone else and they have not forgiven you? Okay. Go ask them for forgiveness. All right. They say no. Keep asking. If they keep saying no, keep asking Allah for forgiveness and ask Allah to enable that person to forgive you. So keep up with the process, (coughs) and. All the while, keep making about that. Oh Allah, I want to seek your forgiveness, and I've wronged someone, and I want to ask them for forgiveness. I've asked them for forgiveness, they're not forgiving me. Oh Allah, make them forgive me. So, again, even in this process, there's no shame in asking Allah for help as well. You're struggling with sins, there is no shame. Like, you're struggling with sins and asking for forgiveness, doesn't that sound contradictory? It does, right? Like, I'm sinning and I'm seeking forgiveness, sinning and forgiveness. There is no shame in admitting your guilt to Allah and saying, oh Allah, I need your help in leaving this sin. So same thing with that. If the person is not forgiving you, oh Allah, turn their hearts, right? Soften their hearts. Make them forgive me. And then you do your part every now and then. Go try to mend ways, whatever whatever you can humanly possibly do. You do it. And then inshallah, you leave the rest to Allah. All right, last question. Okay, go ahead. You have heard different things related to "I mean." Okay, um, so this is where um, knowledge of Arabic language comes in um, into play, right? Sometimes you know there's a statement that is being made, right? But again, if you say I Amin, mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, again, if you say I Amin mean loudly, silently, they're all fine, acceptable, right? So um, sometimes. A person's just praising Allah. So, in that instance, some people do not say Ameen, right? When they say Amin is when an ask is being made from Allah. So, but if you say it, this, inshallah, there is khair in it. Okay, we'll take this one last <laughs> question. Go ahead. So what's important to do is recite Surah Al-Fatiha, and then after you're done that, follow the Imam, wherever he, whatever he does. Like, do not, like, whatever that, and, and then the, and then if that's the opinion you've been following, keep following that, insha'Allah. That's a valid one. khairan, ta'ala alim, alhamdulillah,